As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And we are continuing what I've been calling Film Effect Vember. And this week we're going to have another, one of the more, the, one of the most reoccurring co-hosts on there, Corey. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, Josh. Absolutely. So I know you, you've, I want to say you started really coming on a lot more last year during Horathon is where it seemed like it picked up. Yeah, so, um, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, the Film Effect podcast was started by Ed, and that it was originally a solo project of his, um, and then that was about a year ago, and then he pulled Sean in after a couple months, and then they were um, co-hosting. Stuff came up, it was around, uh, like you said, Halloween, the Harathon, uh, Ed needed some help, so I stepped in, and then I've just kind of been reoccurring ever since. And now I'm kind of a permanent co-host. I mean, uh, we kind of have a rotating. So it's usually me and Ed. And then we're joined by uh, Justin, Sean, Andrew, and now uh, Jocelyn. <laughs> Another new person was just added. So that way we just have a good mixture of uh, opinions and voices, you know, we like to keep it fresh over at the film effect. So you talked a little bit about it, but for anyone that doesn't know, tell them exactly what you guys are doing over on the film effect podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's really for anybody who loves uh, movies and film. Um, so we do it's a weekly show. Um, we drop every Tuesday, usually every Tuesday morning. Um, like I mentioned, it's hosted by Ed myself. Um, and we do a deep dive on a single movie every week. So that includes like a plot analysis <laughs> and discussion, um, as well as our opinions about everything. Uh, and then we also, at the end, give it a film effect seal of approval, uh, you know, just kind of our stamp of saying um, that this movie's great or not great. Uh, we also like to throw in trivia and as much tidbits, just really as much information as we can cram in and just make it interesting. What I like about the show is just a bunch of guys having fun talking about movies. Uh, I mean, that's really what it is. And, you know, we want our listeners to kind of follow along, kind of feel like, you know, they're in a room with us just talking about movies. I mean, that's kind of the best way I can describe it. Like when I used to just be a fan originally of the film effect, that's what I got out of it. I felt like I was in the room with the uh, guys because we're all friends and talking about movies while I was at work or listening, you know, wherever it was. So that's really what we want to bring to the listeners is just the feeling of just some friends talking about movies and having a good time. Um, and like I said, it's every Tuesday on pretty much all the major platforms. So just give us a check out if you can. All right, and tonight we're going back to what is. I think when I started the show, I started off by doing a top ten countdown of my favorite films. That was just my introduction to this whole show, and um, it was in the second half, but somewhere in that six to ten range, I had this movie. We're going back to nineteen eighty-seven. I'm going to talk about Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop. He died a hero. Target and was reborn. As Robocop. A one-man police force with the strength of an army, the speed of a laser, the brain of a computer, and a body made of steel. Looking for me? Robocop, rated R. Alright, so why don't you tell us it do you know when you first saw this? 
So this is one of those movies. I was born in 1986. So it's actually really hard for me to pinpoint when I first saw the movie. Uh, I was definitely young. Uh, my parents were very loose on violence and action movies. Uh, they were a little more tight on like nudity and stuff like that, sexuality. But as far as violence, it was pretty much free reign. So I saw the movie very young, like probably a lot younger than I should have seen it. I mean, we're talking maybe four or five years old, somewhere in there. But I don't actually remember the first viewing. Uh, it was probably bits and pieces. And then I eventually saw it later. Uh, but it was just one of those movies I grew up with and constantly watched. So, yeah, it's a shame I can't remember. It's one of my favorite movies and my top five favorite movies of all time. But I couldn't pinpoint uh a single time where I was uh, watching it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I know me, you, Ed, we're all in that same range because I'm, I'm 85, so I'm right there, a little bit ahead of you. And I can't pinpoint either. It's one of those movies that I just kind of always remember. And it's kind of like you, uh, my mom, not so much. But when I'd go to my dad's, I was kind of had free reign on what I could watch. Although if I was watching it with them and it had nudity, you're right. They did the same thing. Nudity, probably. <laughs> Yep. Extreme no violence. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yep. But I guess that was just how parenting went back then, because that seems to be a lot of people's story when they talk on here. So, right. But for anyone that doesn't know, why don't you tell them what Robocop is about in case they haven't seen it? Never know. Yeah. First, it's like, uh, you know, where you been all this time? But uh, I know some people haven't seen it. I I'm surprised once in a while. I also forget when I'm talking to younger people, like maybe people that are like 10 years younger than me, they didn't grow up with all this stuff. So yeah, I'm surprised sometimes who hasn't seen it. But Robocop is set in a future crime-ridden Detroit in the distant future of 2028. I know just like way out there now. And Detroit is essentially ran and owned by Omni Consumer Products or OCP as everybody knows it. Uh, and pretty much they're letting Detroit tear itself apart. Um, and basically the whole dastardly plan of OCP is to let Detroit destroy itself and then rebuild as their futuristic utopia Delta City, pretty much. Um, so as this is all happening, Alex Murphy, who's a good cop, a good guy, is transferred into Detroit um, as a police officer. Um, and he's just trying to support his family, be a good cop. Uh, unfortunately, he gets started. Um, him and his partner, and Lewis get uh, stuck in a chase, chasing some bank robbers who turns out to be Clarence Bodiger and his gang. Uh, there's no backup. The cops are very strapped in Detroit. So Alex Murphy and his partner, Lewis, try to take down this whole gang in a big steel mill and things do not go well. Unfortunately, uh, Alex Murphy gets brutally murdered and shot up and he is dead. They try to save him in the hospital, but he's gone. And then uh, basically, since he's a cop, he signed up for this OCP program to be brought back. So uh, they take his brain and his head and, you know, a couple other parts, but they don't really use it all. And then he turned him into a cyborg named as Robocop, um, which, by the way, love the name Robocop. Might sound silly. He's not even really a robot. He's a cyborg, but love it. <laughs> um, so basically, after he becomes Robocop, he starts patrolling the city, really making a difference. And then eventually he starts kind of regaining his humanity and seeking revenge on the people that killed him uh, through seeking the revenge on Clarence Bodiger and his gang. He actually ends up going after some crooked OCP officials like Dick Jones. Uh, and basically he takes them out one by one, cleans up the city, even has to go through a robot, Ed 209, which, you know, if anybody knows anything about Robocop, everybody knows about Ed 209. And he basically avenges himself and kind of finds his humanity in the process. So uh, that's basically a quick rundown of RoboCop. 
Yeah, and as Corey mentioned, they do the full deep dive on it, and they have covered RoboCop over on the Film Effect. So feel free to check that episode out after this if you're intrigued. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite episodes uh, that we recorded and one of our most popular episodes. So, yeah, definitely worth a listen. Yeah, as I said, it was after that episode that I knew I wanted you to be the one to cover RoboCop with me. So there you go. It it showed through. Just like last year I had Sean on his love of running scared. They didn't even do an episode, (laughs) but he always brought it up. So I knew he was the one to do that one with me. So, yep. (laughs) Now he always talks about running scared. (laughs) And it's funny because I've never seen it. I just, it's one of those that's just kind of slipped by. I, I know what it is, but yeah, he talks about it and he gets mad because I haven't seen it. Well, I mean, <laughs> truth be told, I didn't see it until I did that episode with him because I made sure to watch him to make if I haven't seen him. So, but back to Robocop, what is it that keeps you coming back to this? Why is this in your top five of favorites? Um, it's in my top five because I, I've noticed I tend to gravitate towards movies that blend genres and i I think this is a great example so robocop is obviously a sci-fi and action and i just love that kind of meld uh in between obviously i like movies that are just one genre mainly but i just tend to gravitate towards that i just love the blend of the futuristic sci-fi aspects but also the action aspects so that's really um part of it um just also the ultra violence like you just don't see stuff like this anymore Um, even movies that are violent nowadays it's all cgi and i don't want to say fake looking but it's just a different thing altogether uh than back in the 80s i mean in this film you see people get blown apart and it's all practical it's all with blanks and squibs and fake blood and prosthetics i mean what they pulled off in this film is just insane i mean you literally see people get blown apart so if you're into that type of thing which especially my young mind was into it uh, it's just great. Um, it's just kind of, but that's just kind of icing. That's not necessarily what makes the whole movie, uh, the special effects too. You know, you watch some movies and it just looks dated, you know, something from even like 10 years ago looks dated. Uh, a lot of the stuff in this movie still looks good. And it's just because it was all practical. Like they didn't have CG back in 87, like they do now, uh, done in camera. I mean, there's some stop motion. There's some stuff that you're like, hey, you know, you're watching. It doesn't look the great, especially in HD nowadays. But for the most part, it holds up because they had the actual, you know, gunfire and squibs and actually a man in a suit. And it wasn't all computer generated. You know, Peter Weller was actually in that suit day in and day out in the hot weather, uh, you know, sweating, <laughs> but it looks amazing. So, you know, it still holds up today. I think it's one of those movies you can definitely tell it was made in the 80s. It has that 80s tinge to it, but it it still is almost kind of timeless just with the way it looks. It doesn't look bad. It doesn't just scream of, oh, this is, you know, not relevant anymore. It's still very relevant, still looks great, still holds up today. And then definitely the performances, too. I, I just top to bottom, Peter Weller is perfect in that film. He brings the balance of acting like a robot and kind of looking like a robot, just the way he moves in the suit. Uh, you know, I can't imagine trying to do any of that. Uh, just a quick thing about him. He had to walk downstairs without looking because he's a robot. So he can't look down at the stairs. So he's in this suit on steel steps, walking down them for the first time. I mean, it's just crazy that like the lengths he would go to, to do that. Um, also Kurtwood Smith as the bad, one of the bad guys, Clarence Bodiger. He just has so many one-liners. He's so quotable, you know, like in the beginning with the truck, you know, can you fly Bobby? Like, I just, 
like the quotes just still come to my head today with him. He's just hilarious and not your normal bad guy. You know, back then you would either have like the muscled up, you know, crazy roided bad guy, or you might have like a sly smart bad guy. He's kind of in the middle. That's why I like Bodiger. He's kind of different. Kurtwood Smith. You look at that guy. You don't necessarily think of like an eighties villain. Um, and one of my, the main villain in the movie, Ronnie Cox as uh, Dick Jones, just one of the most cutthroat businessmen I've ever seen in a movie. And, you know, Ronnie Cox was a pretty wholesome actor up until, you know, probably the eighties. So just seeing him go ruthless and cutthroat and just at any cost, and he just knocks off other execs because they went over his head in the boardroom, you know, just the performances from everybody. Um, Nancy Allen is Ann Lewis is great too, is like the tough tomboy type. Um, You know, she brings it and does a great job. So it's really just all that stuff. And then you add on like a light layer of satire. Um, you know, Verhoeven is pretty famous at this point for a satire, whether it was this or maybe not done as well, but Starship Troopers, another movie I'm a big fan of. Might lay it on a little too thick there. I don't know if you've ever seen Starship Troopers, but I have. <laughs> yeah, that one it lays it on a little too thick, but I feel like in this film, he got the right balance of just having the good action and sci-fi, but having a little satire with like the different commercials um and just different newscast and just the way everybody's desensitized to everything or the ads about the 6000 sux uh car <laughs> that gets like six miles to the gallon uh, you know it's just i love the satire i think it really works because Verhoeven, he's danish so he's not and you know he's not from america didn't live in america at least not up until that point so they bring him in and this is kind of a European's view of America. And I think that's why it kind of works on the satire and American front. You know, it's kind of ridiculous, but it also is kind of true. So it works on the satire front of you. This is kind of how Europeans see uh, us big, you know, over the top Americans. So I think that kind of adds something. I think there would be something lost on the satire and just the commentary. If it was an American director, almost. You know, I, I'm not 100% sure, but, you know, that, that's a big thing. Verhoeven uh, um, has kind of become one of my favorite directors. And, you know, this is one of them that it's just like an all timer. And not to ramble on too much, but my last one is just this movie brings on top of the violence and action and sci fi, it brings the humanity too. Like you care about Murphy and um, yeah. Robocop in this. You know, it's a fine line. Like I said, you don't want it to be too sappy, but you also want to care about him. So he kind of, figures out who he is and goes back to his home and you feel for this robocop like this guy in a suit that could be completely ridiculous but it's not ridiculous in the film and it looks good and you care about him like you want him to succeed you want him to get your revenge and you know i go back to the last line of the movie one of my favorite endings to any movie you know when uh the old man says nice shooting officer and he turns and says call me murphy like one of the best endings to any movie like if you don't want to stand up and cheer after that i don't know you might not be you might be asleep or not alive or something or not watching i don't know anybody that doesn't get pumped uh at that ending you know so it's just i could go on and on but yeah i just love the movie there's so many layers there's so much awesome stuff even somebody who's me has probably seen it you know 50 60 70 times I still find little things that I like here or there that I might not have noticed or might not have paid attention to. So to me, that's a hallmark of a great movie is just the rewatchability and the layers and all the different things going on, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So that's about as deep as we get into the movie itself. So now we're going to transfer to the next part and that's something 
I'm curious to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on the sequels? <laughs> so the first sequel, RoboCop 2, started out pretty good. You know, it was directed by Irvin Kirshner, who did, uh, you know, one of the probably the best sequels, Empire Strikes Back. Um, and RoboCop 2, you know, a lot of people give it, uh, you know, some crap. But I actually think it's a pretty good sequel. I like Tom Noonan as Kane in that film as like the drug lord bad guy. I think he's great. Um, you know, does RoboCop kind of stay static? Like at the end of the first movie, you kind of think maybe he's gained his humanity. He's going to be more like Murphy. And then the second one, he's kind of RoboCop again, you know? <laughs> so I do understand there, there is a kind of a knock about that is the progression isn't there. It's kind of back to the same status quo in the first movie as it is in the second, but it still has the violence. It still has the action. It has a cool robot. Um, it's in RoboCop two or Kane essentially, uh, so I actually really like the second one. Obviously, it's not my top 10. It's not, to me, nearly as good as the original, but it's still a really entertaining movie. And Kind of the end of the era. It came out in 90, so it was like the end of the 80s almost right there. And then you have RoboCop 3, <laughs> which when I was a kid, I liked it. But that's one of those movies, uh, re-watching as an adult, is, it does not hold up as well. <laughs> Uh, Peter Weller did not return as RoboCop, um, as I'm sure you know. Um, his, his name, I believe, is John David Burke. I could have that Ro wrong. I, yeah, it's Robert John Burke. Robert John Burke, okay. And it was like one of those three names. And he wasn't terrible, but he he's just not Peter Weller. That, that Pretty much anybody other than Peter Weller wasn't going to make me happy. Even as a kid, I was like, hey, he's different. <laughs> like, what's <laughs> going on here? And then it was silly, like OCP's bought out by the Japanese and they fight samurai robots and has a jetpack, which as a kid was awesome. They had the toys and everything and marketed it towards us. But watching it now, it, it, the third one's pretty bad. I mean, it, there's a couple of things. I like Stephen Root in the movie. I'm a huge fan of Stephen Root, the character actor who's part of the resistance. I actually get a lot of entertainment watching him be kind of a slimy uh, backstabber in the movie. And Rip Torn is like the head of OCP at that point was pretty entertaining. But the movie as a whole, I'm not a big fan, uh, which I think most I think most agree. The third mm -hmm. one is definitely the weakest out of the original three. And I watched I watched everything. I watched the show they had on sci fi It was a short lived show. I watched reruns of that on sci fi. It was pretty bad. Wow. I mean, what do you expect? Like, it's not going to have the same budget, but it was OK. Ooh. And the 2014 one. It got a lot of hate. I didn't hate the movie. It it was just unnecessary to me. I don't I don't know. I I don't necessarily think RoboCop needed to be remade. I, to me, to remake a movie, it either has to be a very long period where it's maybe the audience is completely gone from that movie, so you remake it, make it something new, show it to a whole new generation. I mean, it wasn't that long. It was only thirty years about in between, so. I don't think it was quite long enough and it didn't improve on the original. It had a few ideas in 2014, but it wasn't that great. The casting was pretty good. I like Michael Keaton as the bad guy. I liked um, Joel Kinnaman as Robocop. I actually think that was a good choice, but yeah, the 2014 movie is just forgettable. I've seen it twice. Honestly, I can't tell you much more than that. I, <laughs> the, I, I've seen it for somebody who loves the original, watched it twice, said this isn't that great. Don't need to watch it anymore. So yeah, mixed bag, like Sego and great third one and remake and i've never heard there's one floating around in like early 2000s there was a tv movie called prime directives i don't know if you've ever heard of that <laughs> mm -mm. Nope. yeah it was a tv movie i think sci-fi made it but i could be wrong 
but yeah, nobody knows about that. I've heard it's pretty terrible. I've watched like a YouTube video where somebody just kind of rags on it, but I've never actually seen it. So I can't make a judgment on that, but yeah, it looks pretty ridiculous in that one. Um, so that's pretty much the only thing I haven't seen is like prime directives. I've seen the rest and yeah, other, I would say like, if you're a fan, if you're watching the first one for the first time, watch the original trilogy. It does have an overarching story. It does. That is one thing. The first three does pretty well. It has an overarching story of Delta city and RoboCop in Detroit stopping OCP and Delta city. So I think it's definitely worth watching all three of the originals just to get that story completed. Even if the third one's not that great. Uh, but you can pretty much skip, I think, everything else as far as the TV stuff and the remakes. I mean, at least I would. I, you know, it, to me, it's not that great. But if anybody likes it, I mean, you know, I'm not here to judge. Everybody has different tastes and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. If anyone does prefer it, bring it to me and we will do an episode on it because I am all about promoting the positivity. I know someone by the name of John that does a podcast called The Basement Surge that like the remake. I've argued with him over that before, but <laughs> <laughs> but what would it take for you to be a successful remake? And you said you like Joel Kinnaman. Do you have anybody else that you think would make a good Murphy? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Joel Kinnaman again, but my number one pick, um, and this goes into, I think you did a recent episode on the movie, the movie Dread, because we covered it recently too on the film effect. I would pick Carl Urban just because he rocks that movie is dread with the helmet on. I think he could be perfect uh, being a RoboCop with a similar helmet, just in the way he moved in that movie in dread and the way he emoted through just his mouth. I think he could do a great job um, as RoboCop. Honestly, I'd be interested to see him. I'm a huge fan of his work on dread and the boys, um, a star Trek franchise. So I think he could be really good or, but Kinnaman, could get a second chance i think he was a good choice too it wasn't his fault that the movie was subpar in my opinion it you know he could get a second crack but urban would be my number one pick i think he could do really well uh you know in the role okay so what do you think it would take to improve upon the original to make it worthy of a remake you have any ideas uh yeah i mean one it might sound counterintuitive, but if they did a remake, I would kind of almost want to do back to basics on the effects. Like I wouldn't want to see a ton of CG or flashing things. That was kind of almost a problem I had with the 2014 is, you know, I know robotics have advanced, but Robocop, it felt like he had no weight to him. Like in the original, you hear him walking, you see him moving. You feel like he weighs like a thousand pounds and he's a robot in the 2014. I mean, he's flipping and all around and doing all this <laughs> stuff and, I know that's probably how a robot would be, but it needs to be, I think, a balance. So I would like to see more practical stuff in a remake. You know, obviously there's going to be CG. It's, it, it's modern times. That's just the way it's going to be. But I would like them to kind of use some squibs and do as much practical things uh, in camera as you could possibly do. I mean, I think filmmakers that still try to do that, it really shines through and just makes the movie unique. Uh, the other thing was just maybe update some of the commentary. So, I mean, you know, like I mentioned before, RoboCop, the original had so much commentary about, you know, American consumerism and privacy, privatization of uh, military and just corporate greed and um, city um, gentrification. It had all that stuff, which is still relevant today, but I would like to see a newer movie kind of deal with maybe other stuff, like maybe privacy and internet, maybe have RoboCop, uh, you know, go, doing things online he shouldn't be doing. You know, it doesn't have to be hammy, but 
something maybe a little bit more modern or maybe have something with AI where, and I think the 2014 one did deal with this a little bit where it wasn't necessarily all Joel Kinnaman or Alex Murphy in that movie. There might be some AI. I would like kind of them to delve into more of that. Like is Robocop really making choices or is there some kind of AI in the back of his head that's kind of making choices for him as he's doing things? You know, I would just, maybe keep the satire and the commentary, but just update it a little bit for more of a modern audience. Uh, I mean, that would be mainly it. Like I would be interested in that if it was a, you know, I mean, really you could still have the same RoboCop. I mean, he's a cyborg. He could <laughs> be around 30 years later, you know, maybe you bring in a different actor. I don't know if 70 or 80 year old Peter Weller <laughs> would still be able to strap on the suit anymore, but you know, you could still have a RoboCop or have a different RoboCop in the program and bring it out today. And I would be interested if it was kind of a slight throwback to the original, but with some new ideas, uh, like I said, new actors, you know, like if you were just doing a complete re reboot, uh, you know, I mentioned Carl Urban, like, you know, there's a couple other people like Katie Sackoff as maybe Ann Lewis, for anybody who's not familiar, she was on Battlestar Galactica. I think she was in that Riddick movie. Just like a really awesome, tough-looking lady who I think would be good as like Alex's uh, partner in the movie. As far as like a Bodiger character, if they were like just full-on remaking it. Uh, Toby Huss, um, uh, character actor. He was recently in Cop Shop as a bad guy on that. He was in 2018 Halloween as Judy Greer's husband who gets uh, offed. Uh, late in the movie uh, and in a show Halt and Catch Fire on AMC that nobody's seen um, which was one of my favorite roles he's just a great character actor he actually did a voice on King of the Hill too I think uh, Dal Gribble if I'm not mistaken uh, but he's just a great character actor I think he could kind of fill the role of Bodiger and like the one-liners and stuff like that um, and then like um, a Dick Jones type character, I would like Brian Cranston almost. Uh, I think he could play like the evil, sinister businessman type. You know, I don't know if he would go for that because he's a pretty big name in that role. But I think that could be really interesting. Um, Brian Cranston. So, you know, you get some good actors in there. You get some fresh ideas. I think it can be done. I'm not the type that says like, you know, uh, if it's a good movie, never remake it just say remake it under the right circumstances uh like i mentioned before so yeah it could be done you know i think it could be interesting okay so here's what i want you to do let's give a final pitch for people to watch the original robocop whether it's for the first time or maybe they need to go back and revisit it because they haven't done it in a while yeah so if i'm gonna give a pitch to anybody i mean if you're into any kind of action or sci-fi, I mean, to me, this is the cream of the crop. It delivers the, the suit and the robot. He looks great. The action looks excellent. You know, you actually get to see RoboCop shooting people, fighting with other robots. It just delivers. You know, you watch some movies and you think you're getting something and then you're getting something completely else or you're getting cheated out of a confrontation. This movie delivers. You see RoboCop on the street, blasting thugs away. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when he shoots through the woman's dress, gets the guy right in the nards. <laughs> you know, I, I love that whole um, sequence. It just, you feel satisfied while watching it. It's not a long sit. Uh, you know, I'm a huge proponent of keeping movies two hours or under in most situations. Uh, you understand, you you have three kids. I'm busy. <laughs> I got a kid, got to work, got to podcast uh you know i don't have time to sit there for three hours every movie you know i love batman but it's a commitment for three hours 
Um, so Robocop short, I think it's like 95 minutes or 98 minutes, something like that. It's under a yeah. hundred minutes. I believe yep. it's a short sit, the pacing, you will not get bored. It pacing just goes click, click, click. It'll keep you rolling. It delivers on the action delivers on the sci-fi. And, you know, I'm not saying it's like a super hyper intelligent, smart movie, but there's more there than a lot of people give it credit for, or any movie that's called Robocop would have to be. So if you haven't seen it in a while, or if you've never seen it, definitely go check it out. Uh, you will not be disappointed. I guarantee if you're even a remotely fan of action or sci-fi, I've never met anybody that said Robocop was terrible. They didn't like it. So I think uh, you cannot go wrong with it, honestly. I can't add anything to that. That sounds great. I think that's going to wrap this one up. Corey, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and the show? Yeah, so uh, you can check us out. We have our website, the Film Effect Podcast.com. Um, also, we're on Twitter at Film Effect Pod. Um, I'm also on Twitter as well at Knifey Spoony 12. You know, a stupid Simpsons uh, joke right there. Yeah, and we're pretty much on all platforms. So Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, any of the major podcasts, just type us in the Film Effect Podcast and we'll pop right up. And we appreciate everybody who checks us out. Yep, as always, easiest thing to do to find the show, go to linktr.ee slash YNF movie pod. We'll have the social media, podcast platforms, YouTube channel, my personal letterbox where you can see what I'm watching that's not being covered on the pod. And I don't know what order these are going to come out yet, but next week you'll probably be hearing someone else from the Film Effect podcast telling what they think you should be your next favorite movie. So then, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.